Welcome back to Natty Muscle Radio, where it's still all about natural bodybuilding. I'd like to thank anyone who gave the episode from last week with Dr. Andrew Chappelle a like or a share. It's much, much appreciated, and it definitely helps me stay motivated doing these podcasts. So this week, we have our first second-time guest of the show, uh, coming off a victorious 2020 contest season, Carl Sievert. Carl, welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? Thank you. Not too much. Yeah, it's so it's so cool we could have you back here. And I know we talked about having you back uh, the first time we recorded, but you know, I just didn't get a chance to nab you until then. And I thought this was the perfect time since you, you know, kind of just uh, get to look back on your 2020 season now. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's when, when's the first one we did? I think it was at the like beginning of 2019. I, I think it was before you had gotten on before stage 19. that year. Yeah. yeah. Did you you competed in 19, right? Yes. Yes, you did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, I thought this would be a good follow-up and we just kind of actually take it from there. But first I'm just gonna, it's not doing this video podcast. Now I'm going to share the screen here. I'm just going to show people your Instagram so they can get a, an idea of who you are. But this is Carl's Instagram here, real shreddy Kruger, uh, absolutely massive natural bodybuilder, probably one of the biggest guys, uh, in the States in terms of like frame and structure and stage weight. Uh, this is from his 2020 season here where he won the IPE heavyweight championship. I have that right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So absolutely massive natural bodybuilder and definitely friend of the show. So stop this here. All right. So we stopped, uh, in 2019, you were doing your prep and I know you came, I think it was third at the 2019 championships in the heavyweight class then. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. in 2019, we there was only five competitors overall, so it wasn't even a lightweight and a heavyweight class. There were just five guys there. So and and you know the top three was very competitive. We had uh, Mark Meadows who won it, and then uh, Moji Alua uh, came in second, and then I I placed third. So I was ha happy to make the top three. Um, but yeah, after after that show, you know I I felt like it could have gone either way. So you know, knowing that the IPE changed the rules that year, saying that if you compete at a, uh, at the world championships, you don't have to uh, qualify for the next year. Um, so my plan going into 2020, um, after the 2019 season was to stay somewhat lean. Um, I never really, you know, try to do that on the off season. Um, usually I get right back to uh, trying to build um, but my mentality going into 2020 was, okay, if I, if I stay lean, I'm not, I know I'm not going to build, you know, a whole lot of mass, which wasn't one of my goals. Um, Cause in my eyes, I, I kind of, I know I have the size and I have the conditioning. It was just a matter of uh, fixing some of my poses to hide my waist, make my waist look smaller. Um, that's, that's the feedback I got after 2019 was the judges said that. You know, I had to hide my waist more. So I practiced a lot um, um, vacuuming and especially like on my side pose and my front poses, just, you know, keeping all the air up in my chest and really trying to suck in the, the stomach. So how did you find the experience of like trying to stay a little bit leaner in the off season versus your typical, like, just kind of like get big and put on size um, thing that you would normally do, which you are always, you know, very successful with. How did you, like, how did you find it going through? Was it mentally difficult staying a little bit leaner or was it pretty easy for you? 
Uh, so reverse dieting, I, in my opinion, I think that's tougher than the actual contest prep diet <laughs> because you don't have something coming up. So there's really not a lot of sense of urgency to um, stay lean. So um, this year or how I, how I handled it was I would, you know, have lower macros throughout the week. And then every weekend I would, I would have whatever I wanted for two of my meals. So Saturday night, I'd have whatever I want, Sunday night, whatever I want. So those two cheat meals kind of helped a lot because mentally I knew during the week that I would, you know, get to have some good food on the weekend. And that's what worked for me. Um, but typically I, I like to, you know, get right into it on the off season. That's when I've seen my biggest improvements is when I take time off and don't worry about staying leaner during the off season. And so it feels really good right now. Cause I haven't had like a true off season since, you know, after the 2017 season. So I did worlds, uh, 2017 and then you know, the next show I did was in 2019. So I like to do like an 18 month off season where I can really, you know, bring up everything. Right on. What, what was your top peak end weight of the off season this year compared to previous three years? Okay. So 2017, after that show, I got into my off season. And then when we started prep in 2019, I believe I was like 233 when I started my cut. And then after 2019, um, during that um, short time off, I, I allowed myself to get up to 215. I never went above that, that number. Um, that was kind of my goal was to stay a little bit leaner that off season. So I didn't have to diet quite as long. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I went about it. But a 17 pound difference then. What's that? A 17 pound difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I gained probably like half my weight back yeah. that I, that I normally do. Gotcha. But I, I think, you know, physique wise, you know, I, I probably didn't, I didn't grow any muscle during that time off. You know, like I said before, my, my goal was to, you know, keep all the muscle I had, you know, come in lean, like I usually do. And it was just a matter of, uh, fixing some of the poses and keeping my midsection tighter. When did you start your diet for, uh, for the 2020 contest season? Uh, I believe I started, um, the weekend after July 4th. So that was my last, last weekend where I got to eat whatever I wanted. And I remember I wanted to enjoy that holiday before I started my cut. So yeah, in, in July, beginning was that of July. 20 weeks or so? No, it was actually, I think I only did like a 16 week prep. This okay. Year. And, and normally I do like a 20 to 24 week. Yeah. So it was a little bit shorter, but that, again, that was kind of the goal was to say a little bit leaner. So I didn't have to diet quite as long. So how did you feel about the result of, of staying a little bit tighter in the off season? Like, how do you think it changed your physique, uh, coming into 2020? Um, personally, I, I think I like it better when I have an extended off season, uh, where I really can get my strength up, get all my weight back. It's kind of a, you're in a weird spot when you, you don't have like a true off season. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but like my last three, you know, I I've taken the 18 months off and I've really noticed a lot of improvements and growth and whatnot. And 
from 2019 to 2020, I didn't really experience a whole lot of that, obviously, because I didn't, you know, my numbers didn't get as high as they usually do. And I didn't take as much time off. It was kind of me being selfish in the fact that, okay, I got third place in 2019. And I wanted, I wanted that, that title so bad that I said, you know, I'm, I'm going for it. I was close. I, I don't need to grow any. I, 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 I don't need to get any leaner. It's just a matter of, you know, fixing, you know, the, the visual of my midsection. So. Right. But obviously you were, you, you must've felt pretty good once it was all said and done. You had that heavyweight title. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, it, it, that's always been a goal of mine. Obviously I would love to get the overall and, you know, that's still, that's still a big goal of mine is to, you know, get the overall at the IP worlds, but um yeah, I'm definitely happy. I can, you know, call myself a heavyweight world champ. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know you did the back-to-back contest seasons earlier in your competing days. Um, yeah. So yeah, for, from now forward, you plan to take more of the two year extended off season after you see what, what you kind of got with, with this result. Yeah. So I, my first show was 2009 and from there I competed every single year, all the way up to 2015. Um, so back-to-back years every year and somehow I mean I was able to make you know solid improvements and mainly because that's when I you know started getting coached and I learned a lot about the diet and I was um, cutting the right way I wasn't losing weight too fast and the only years I haven't competed since 2009 or 2016 and 2018 so really there's only been two years since 2009 where I haven't been on stage and this year, obviously, I'm not going to be on stage either. I'm shooting for 2022. Coming for that overall. Uh, yeah, that's right. Awesome. So I'm I'm curious here. I want to show some of some of your workouts here to some people. So I'm going to go back to your Instagram here. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's so cool because there's just so it's the way you train is so different um, to a way a lot of the people these days in natural bodybuilding training. So I have one of your, one of your back workouts here. So we have pull downs, uh, wide neutral grip, 10 sets of 12 reps, seated row, close neutral grip, five sets of 12, uh, heavier, and then five sets of 30 light, uh, incline dumbbell row, five sets of 15 superset with incline dumbbell, single arm, single arm row, five times 10 for each arm. So that's, we're talking like 30 what? sets, 30 sets. When was for... this from? So that, that says it was December 11th, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Usually after the, after my competition season, I usually increase the weight a little bit more and bring the reps down. Um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not doing like super high uh, rep ranges. Um, I'm still shooting for 30 sets per workout. Um, but I'm definitely lifting heavier right now. And I've, I've brought the reps down. And, but pre-contest, you tend to actually go higher volume than like with yeah. higher reps. Yeah. Yeah. Like most of the sets I do are, you know, 20 to 30 with it, everything I do. And I don't know, I've just always been kind of a high volume guy and I've seen, I feel like I get a better pump from it too. And, and that's one of my questions is because I know for me, I'm, I'm a little bit more apt to actually lower the volume as like I progress through prep. Uh, not because I want to, just because I feel like I have to. Uh, so your approach seems a little bit opposite, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, like when you're doing these workouts and you're 
deep at the end of prep, like, do you get pretty flat sometimes or do you tend to still get a good pump no matter what? I seem, I, I get a pretty good pump all the time. Um, you know, I stay pretty hydrated. I found that, you know, especially on the day of the show, I found the last couple of years that if I drink more water, I get a better pump. And, you know, like a lot of guys are afraid to drink water on the day of the show. Um, but when I started drinking like my normal amounts of water on show day, I, I've gotten the best pumps. I've come in, you know, more full. And I, I think uh, water is an important part of it, of peaking, especially. Absolutely. Uh, can you recall what your like lowest carbohydrate intake had to be for the 2020 prep? 2020, I think we, we don't, I mean, we ended my prep. I think I was at like 310 carbs. Wow. Okay. So yeah, and that, that was the same for 2019. We, the lowest we got was, I think we dipped a little bit below 300 at one point. And then Peter, uh, my coach, Peter Fishing, he actually increased my, we kind of reverse dieted going into the show. And that, that's what we've done the last two, two years is at towards the end, my weight starts to dip a little bit and then he adds in some food and I, I think it's interesting um, with Peter because he's been one guy pretty vocal on social media about not doing back-to-back preps. Did he have, did he have anything to say to you when you wanted to compete within a year? No, I, I told him what, what my goal was and what I was thinking. And he never told me I shouldn't do it. Um, I, I mean, obviously we both know that, you know, you're not going to make significant improvements if you're not yeah. you know, taking enough time off and getting your food up. And it was kind of like 2019 it, into 2020 is just totally different than anything I've really ever done. And definitely wouldn't recommend doing that. It was just in my eyes, I, I had everything I needed, except I, there's one little thing that I can fix to make my physique look a lot better. And yeah, what a lot of guys think too, is like, you, even if you don't take time off, you can make yourself look so much bigger just by posing a different way. It's all an illusion. So in my case, that's, that's what it was, is I didn't need to build or get any more shredded. I just needed to fix that midsection a little bit more. Uh, I noticed too, like what I saw in your physique is the balance between upper and lower seemed to have less of a gap this time. Like I noticed because because in, in 20, 20, 2019, I found that your lower body seemed to be a little bit like like the balance from upper to lower. It's like your upper body was just like bursting out of the seams and the lower body seemed to be not quite as balanced. Did you do anything to, to try and accommodate that? Because I felt like there was a lot more balance this time around. You thought there was more balance this year than in 2019? I think so, yeah. What do you yeah, think? I don't know. that. I mean, like I said, that could just be posing. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, really, I, I don't know how much I grew. I, I mean, I was about the same weight this year as I was last year. And physically, I mean, I don't I don't think I look too much different. It, it could just be the posing. Who knows? Right on. I, but I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> did you find having the shorter prep being at only 16 weeks, did it seem a little bit easier mentally and physically towards the end, maybe having just fewer weeks in a, in a deficit and kind of felt more manageable than previous years, or was it about the same? It was about the same. Really, there's no difference. It's, you know, I had the same feeling I did at the end of my other preps. 
you're always, you know, pretty low energy. And so that didn't really uh, have too much of an impact. So when you're going through the end of the prep and you're doing these like, like 30 set, like super high volume workouts, like, does it ever cross your mind to, <laughs> to lower volume or like, you're just like, no, I can't succumb to that. Yeah, I guess. And maybe it's all in my head, but I feel like whatever I was doing, I need to continue to do yeah. if it's working. And then actually in, I think it was, uh, 2015 or 17, um, I tried to stay as heavy as possible the whole prep and my, my volume wasn't quite as high as it was this year. And I feel like I saw better results when I tried to stay heavier. Absolutely. Maybe keeping a little bit more muscle mass. In my opinion, I think, I think I looked better in 2019 than I did this year, but that, that's just my opinion when I look at the pictures, but. So you, you came up uh, against Jason Brew in the overall here. And I remember watching this uh, live when it was going on. It was, pre- it was pretty entertaining because it was kind of like apples and oranges. Like, you know, Carl's uh, like wider, more like bigger overall. And, you know, maybe Jason Brew's a little bit more balanced and you guys were both peeled. So how did you see the, co- the comparison between you guys in the overall? You know, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's kind of... In my opinion, it's tough to judge a lightweight guy and uh, a heavyweight guy. It's like judging a, a tank versus a semi. Like they're both big regarding their own height. Um, I felt like Jason's legs are more balanced than mine. Like if you look at us from the front, um, he has less of a gap in between his legs there. And that's really been my my main focus this off season is uh, really blowing my legs up because I've been lifting for 24 years now and I've been lifting my upper body for 24 years and I've only been training my legs consistently since 2010. So I, I figure that my legs have the most potential to grow out of anything just because I haven't hit it as much as everything else. So this off season, I've been doing uh, legs twice a week, uh, which is something I've never done. Um, so I'm really excited to see the progress I, I get out of that. What's your tw- twice weekly lag workout looking like in terms of exercises? And if you divide them, do you do, you do quads and hams both days or quads one day and hams the other? Um, I do everything both days. Um, I, I've been doing, I'm still doing a lot of German volume stuff, like the 10 sets. And um, basically the only things I'm doing for legs are, you know, I'm doing barbell um, squats, which is something I've never done consistently. Um, so that's cool. Um, I'm doing leg press, hack extensions, uh, dumbbell split squats, and then um, leg extensions and laying leg curls. So I'm getting double double the sets in that I normally do for legs every week. So you know I'm doing 30 sets or 40 sets of legs for both um, leg workouts. So I'm getting 80 sets a week for legs, and you know they're still a little bit sore that second day, but it, it's not anything I can't work through. And I've, I've been seeing really good progress from it so far. My, my pants are fitting a lot tighter these days. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about my online coaching services. Team St. Jean Physique Consulting has been coaching a wide variety of clients since 2016. So if you maybe want to win one of these or just shape up a little bit, go ahead and send an email 
connorstjean at gmail.com and I'll get right back to you with more information. All right, now back to the podcast. Awesome, awesome. Did did you get any judges feedback on the on the battle between you and Brew um, in the end, or did you just kind of kind of not worry about what they had to had to say? Yeah, I, this year we we didn't. Usually they have like an after party at uh, Minsky's Pizza out in Kansas City, and 2017 and 2019 I went there because that's where the judges are, and I, I talked to them both years after after those two seasons and. This year, they, they didn't have that uh, after party just because of like COVID and everything. So I never really talked to the judges about it. But yeah. Is, it, is this um, a picture too of you guys competing against each other earlier in your career? No, that that's uh, that's 2012 when I won my pro card. And I, I won the, the overall there. So that was that was the lightweight winner or that was the short winner and I was the tall winner. Oh, okay. So a similar overall comparison. Gotcha. Yeah. So he, yeah, he kind of looks like it could be Jason from the back there. <laughs> That's what I thought it might've been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we're going to go into some listener questions here. Uh, so for some points of discussion. So uh, Cole Blint, uh, we, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, earlier in the podcast, but we can go over it again to answer it the way he asks it. Uh, Cole Blint asks, uh, what worked for Carl to continuously build mass for him year after year? I think that's, that's just consistency in my opinion. 24 years, Cole. (laughs) What's that? I said 24 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to start young. I started like actually lifting weights when I was 11. I just turned 35 on uh, January 2nd. So it's been quite some time. I started on the Bowflex, and uh, once you, once I started seeing results, it was very motivating to keep going. And in my in my my mind, I I knew I had some great uh, potential, and got kind of lucky with the genetics. My my dad's a really big guy, and that obviously you know plays a part. And he was a big motivation for me starting to lift when I was younger, and also wanting to be, you know, the best uh, baseball and hockey player I could. And when I started training, I really saw a huge improvement in, in both baseball and hockey. And it was just motivating and just fell in love with the process of uh, getting better. Right on. I'm curious, you're six one, is that correct? Yeah. And what's the heaviest you've ever been in the off season? Uh, usually I get like, once I get to like the mid two thirties, it's really hard for me to gain weight. Um, right now I'm actually, uh, lower two forties. So this is the heaviest I've been, you know, ever. And, uh, and, you know, visually I I still look somewhat lean. I, I, I posted a picture, I think it was yesterday of my current physique um, on Instagram and, you know, I'm not the, I'm not shreddy Kruger right now, but I'm definitely, you know, not sloppy. Um, yeah, the, the abs are looking a little blurry, (laughs) but overall, I mean, you can still see some pretty good shape. You can see, you know, the veins aren't all gone. I see a, a little bit of, uh, chest striation still, but I'm happy with my, my uh, physique in the off season. I have no, no problem gaining weight and it's never been an issue for me. I actually 
you know, I, I like how I look better in my clothes on the off season. I, I feel yeah. I look more like a bodybuilder and just feels good to lift, lift heavy and, you know, looking forward to making improvements. What kind of caloric intake do you have right now to be in the low two forties? Uh, I I'm in between four, 4,000 and 5,000 a day. You know, I'm not meticulous like I am on, on, uh, during the contest prep where I'm tracking every single macro, uh, right now on the off season, I, I have a rough estimate of where I am and I try to hit my, my certain numbers for the day. And in my head, I, I, I know where I am after each meal or about where I am. Um, I've never been too, too picky on the off season, just basically making sure I'm eating enough to, to grow. Right on. I, I'm right there with you. I can like eat as much as, as people need me to eat <laughs> to, get, yeah. to gain that. It becomes I, a chore. It becomes a chore for real. Like on the off season, after you've been eating so long, it's like you're, you get to the point where you're full and then, you know, you have to, you know, get, get to these certain macros and you have to keep eating. And that's the tough part as the longer your off season is, I think the tougher it is to get in those macros, unless you're, you know, taking in, you know, calorie dense foods where, yeah. you know, one trick I have people ask me all the time is how do I get my calories up when I I'm already full and a, a really simple solution is, you know, for example, if you're trying to get your fat up, I like to tell people to put like a couple of tablespoons of like olive oil or flaxseed oil in with their shake. And, you know, one tablespoon of, you know, most oils is going to be like 14 grams of fat. So it's a really easy way of increasing your calories without actually having to consume too much more. Yeah, like food volume. And I know exactly what you mean, because I find for me, that process is just so intuitive now to uh, kind of match my food selection to my calorie intake. So once I'm getting to that 4,000 level, it's just like, you know, okay, now potatoes no longer serve me. Now it's like bagels and pasta and, you know, like easier to digest like fats or to, uh, to put down like olive oil, you know, tablespoon of that 15 grams fat. Right. So that's easiest thing ever you could eat. It takes like, you know, three seconds, right? (laughs) Right. It's super easy way to get them up there. Yeah. All right. So another listener question here, uh, repping Christ fitness. Sorry. I don't know your real name. Uh, but he asks, what was your best personal look ever? And what did it mentally take to get there? Uh, I I would say these last two years, um, were my best looks. Um, obviously, you know, every year you want to look better and that's the goal is to beat your previous best. And, um, I don't know what the, so the question again was, what does it take to get there? Mentally, mentally, what does it take? Mentally, I would say mentally, you know, you have to want it. If you want something bad enough, you know, you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. And obviously when I say that you have to do it the right way, you don't, don't, not being, you know, not training, you have to train smart, you have to diet smart and, you know, just do what you can control what you can and do something better each time, each year, change something. And that, that's what I've done is I find something where, you know, that I can improve from the year before. And this year it was really, um, you know, holding my poses a lot longer. Um, and I, I felt like that actually, you know, made me look, come in harder. Um, so posing and just holding the poses, I think that played a big role this year. Um, when you look at, 
me posing on stage this year, you know, you can look in my face and it was just like, I didn't look stressed at all. I was flexing as hard as I could and my, my face looked pretty relaxed and that had a big, big part to do of it do with it was posing every single night and holding them for you know I ended every night holding my poses for 20 minutes and in the years before I, I came nothing close to that so I'm really happy I I put in that time absolutely uh another listener question we have I'm going to butcher this guy's name some European name um Masaic asks what's your advice on growing stubborn body parts Hit, hit them more often for sure and that that's what I'm doing I wouldn't say you know my legs are stubborn or anything is just one of my goals is to you know get them to their full potential like I I think I have with my upper body just because I've been training it so much longer than I have my my lower body but yeah definitely hit it, hit it, hitting it more um obviously doing it the safe way I mean don't do it every day let the muscle recover but you know, hitting something, you know, twice a week, doing something three times a week becomes challenging. But I, I think twice a week with us, any given muscle group is doable. Awesome. And the last question, actually, actually to add to that, now that I think about it, like I, back when I first started competing, I really wanted to grow my calves a lot more. And I actually did, you know, a little bit of calves every day at the end of my, my, uh, my workouts. That was something for me too, that I had to kind of really reel in. Um, and it's funny with calves because we have a lot of people complain about how they can't get calves. And I guess you could classify me as one of those people, but I found actually, once I dialed in the mechanics of the movement a little bit better, I saw a pretty quick improvement right away. And it's, it seems simple. It's like, all you have to do is kind of just, you know, push your heels up. But I found, you know, I was, I actually kind of made some mistakes with it. Like I was overstretching them a little bit at the bottom. And then even if I paused, it didn't seem to be in a good starting point to, to hit, to get the movement correct. And then I found too, once I started to focus on pushing my heels up, then forward, I could just maybe get the calves a little bit more shorter in that top position. And then they took off. And then I kind of, I've been doing what, what you said to train them more frequently. And I find they work really well just with like four to five sets per workout um, multiple times a week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm finding that with my, uh, my two leg workouts now is like, I can either split this up and do 10 sets of this exercise in one day, or I can split them up and do five this day and five the next day. And I find that when I split them up more, I have, you know, more strength, obviously with those other five sets than I would if I did all 10 of them at once. Awesome. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, the argument for frequency, right? Is you can get a little bit more quality volume uh, out of, out of the set. But now there's also this conflicting information saying that um, the volume you get per week is the most important factor. And like people are kind of uh, giving more of a rationale for like the typical bro split, which we know, you know, um, anecdotally works so well for so many people. So, you know, I, yeah, I think, kinda, go ahead. Kinda, like, I don't know. I mean, you can have your case against something, but everything is different and certain things work better for certain people. So it's kind of hard to say an absolute truth to something. You know, I think people don't consider too the like the psychology of the person training. Like some people just really get motivated by getting a huge pump, right? And they're not going to have as much fun if they have to bounce back between muscle group and muscle group. 
And then that just keeps them like, happy to do their workouts and like keeps them being a bodybuilder, right? Uh, I think yeah. there's, a, I think there needs to be more considerations with things like that. People need to, you know, put that out there more. Like if you're this type of personality, you know, maybe this workout works great. If you're, if you're this type of personality, maybe you should just try something more like this and see if it, if it suits you better. Right. Yeah. It's a big thing is, you know, finding something you actually like doing too. Um, I think if you, if you enjoy doing something, you're going to do it better. Absolutely. But in other cases, you have to scare you. Like if you're not scared when you go to the gym, maybe you're not pushing as hard or maybe you're not doing as much as you normally could because, you know, during my off season, you know, especially on leg days, I'll get to the gym and be like, shit, I did this last week. So that means I have to do this this week. I have to do more than I did last week. So you should be a little bit scared. <laughs> That's not, I was going to ask that too. Do you still get anxious before workouts sometimes? Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, I feel like when I'm prepping, like, especially this last year, I got to a point where you get to a point where you're not trying to increase the weight and you kind of doing, you know, the same weight, the same reps as you get into the show, or at least I do, I try to keep my volume really high, but you know, on the off season, it's a different story when you're, you know, trying to go heavier and trying to make improvements and beating what you did the last week. So it's a little bit different. To get those last little bit of body fats off, this is one of my questions too. Did Peter have you do any cardio this year? No, we just, uh, same as 2019, we just tracked my steps. So these last two seasons, it's the only, the only two seasons I've never, I, I didn't do any, um, you know, medium intensity or high intensity cardio. It was just all walking and most of it's walking on the treadmill uh, in the summer in Minnesota. I'm able to walk out outside a little bit more, but most of my walking was done on the treadmill and I have a pretty sedentary job. Uh, I'm a farmer's insurance agent. So I'm sitting at work uh, most of the day. So by the time I get to the gym, I'm only at like, we'll say 2000, 2,500 steps for the day. So I'm doing most of my steps after my workout. So I usually had to walk on the, the treadmill for about 40 minutes um, when my, when my steps were up to 9,000. So you know, I think that's a good way to do it. I, my experience in 2019 is I actually being my own coach, I got kind of carried away with my step count and kind of just tended to use that more and more. And it kind of came, a lot of people say this too, it becomes a thing where you want to like, just keep upping it and upping it. And uh, I would actually have like 15,000 steps clicked off before I'd even get to the gym. And it really, I, I really think looking back, it affected my training quite negatively. So I think doing them after is like, makes total sense because if you are exhausted by the time you get into the gym and like, I know steps, they seem like they aren't fatiguing, but just go on like a mountain hike. You know what I mean? See how yeah. good of a leg work, see how good of a leg workout you have after that. Right. At yeah, some point it's going to take away from you. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I guess I agree with what you're saying. I like to save, you know, my energy for the actual training session. And cause I know at the end I'll be able to walk, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So actually, we're going to round, round the episode out with one last question uh, that Repping Christ Fitness had. Uh, he asks, what has keep, kept you focused after 20 years of lifting? Uh, I, you know, I've always been a competitive person. I, I always want to, you know, be the best I can be in whatever I do. And, you know, I have big, big goals for, you know, natural bodybuilding. And I think that's what keeps me motivated is knowing that I can uh, keep improving 
you know, it's, that's what I love about natural bodybuilding is, or bodybuilding in general is there's no such thing as the perfect physique, but you can, you know, you can improve quite a bit year after year if you're doing the right things. You never get tired of it. You never like, ah, I'm not sure if I don't want to, if I want to do this anymore. No, it's like, I mean, there's been times like towards the end of my prep where I feel like that and like, <laughs> this is going to be my last show. And I think that's just when you're in the feels of those, uh, uh, last few weeks, but you know, I, I, I love this sport and I love the, the process and what it takes to get, get to the stage. And, um, yeah, if, if you have a passion for it, you're going to do you know, better. And that's with anything in life. If you love doing something, you're going to do it well. I'm, I'm the same way too. At the end of contest prep, I'm like, ah, not sure if this is going to be worth it anymore. And even in 2019, it's like the goal was to get a pro card. And I thought, you know, after that, I could probably stop and be happy, but then, you know, you, you accomplish the goal. And then it's just like, well, what's next, you know, you got to try and try and do a pro show and see how you do. Right. Exactly. It's like you get your pro card and then you're once again, you're the, the small, small fish in a big pond and kind of have to work your way up. And, you know, as an amateur, you work your way up to get your pro card and then you're one of the top amateurs and then you get your pro card and then you're kind of starting on the bottom as a pro. I guess for most people, some people are just uh, genetically gifted, like Sam Okanoa. I mean, he I think he won his pro cards, one of his very first shows, and then he gets into the pro ranks and, you know, he's already considered a top pro. But I think uh, for myself, it, it took me you know, seven shows to get my pro card. And it took me a few, few pro shows to, you know, be considered a, a competitive pro. And it's just a fun journey. It's a fun mountain to climb. Uh, it's really good to hear how positively you could frame that. I mean, I was talking to Brett Freeman the other day. Um, and it's just kind of interesting, the, the kind of mental process I go through. It's like, well, like before I was like, I don't know if I have the genetics to like become a pro. Like, I just don't know if it's there. And then, and then like, you know, I win my pro card and then I'm like, eh, I just don't know if I'm going to be good enough to like ever win a pro show. And then you kind of get like down on yourself and you're just like, what? It's like, back when I started, I'm just surprised that I got like a bicep vein, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it only take, I mean, my first, I think my first two pro shows, I placed six. Wow. So I, I would always place in like the top half. And then it wasn't until uh, 2015, I won my first pro show. And I think that that gave me um, the confidence I needed to, you know, know I, I could do well and I can keep getting better. And you never had the attitude that the guys that were better, better for you, like must be cheating somehow, right? <laughs> no, no. I know. I mean, that's how it works, man, is bodybuilding is a crazy sport and it's subjective and just got to control what you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. So we'll round the show out here. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to following your progress this off season. And uh, I definitely want to see you take that uh, title uh, overall champion in 2022, right? Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. And thanks for having me on again. What about what about you? When are you uh, planning to compete again? So it's kind of circumstance dependent on the pandemic. And if there's travel uh, right now, half of Canada is locked down. So I have been 
training uh, to with the idea of competing this fall. And I got lucky in the, the fact that the WMBF extended my pro card uh, an extra year because I was supposed to get on stage in 2020 to keep it. But because of the pandemic circumstances, they yeah. they issued renewals to a lot of people without actually doing a pro show. So I mean, kind yeah. of. So this is going to be your pro debut, right? It will be. It will be. So there yes, is. That's awesome. There is a show in Canada. Um, there's one pro show uh, near the end of the season that I'm looking to get to. So I'm planning on starting my diet around uh, May or so, maybe 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 third week in April, something like that. And uh, I think right. that gives me about 26 weeks to uh, get in contest shape. And I haven't uh, I haven't pushed my off season super high um, for where I've been in the past. I mean, I've been. I've been like, you know, 55 pounds over, uh, in 20, yeah. 2019 and I dieted for nine months. So hoping to cut out that first little bit of the prep and then, you know, see what I can get. And it's kind of like a nice mid range. Cause I've been like super focused on getting that weight, like way, way up. Cause I always feel like I'm lacking size. Like, you know, I have balance, I have a good structure. I have a good bone structure. I just don't have size. So it's always been what I've been trying to push in the off season, but I'm also not looking to diet for nine months this year. Cause I think yeah. I think it, I think that kind of takes away some of the additional size you may gain from. Yeah, definitely. From are you gonna that. Are you gonna coach yourself again this year, or are you gonna hire a coach? You know what i I do think I'm gonna coach myself, but I I might think of someone taking over uh, halfway through if I feel like I can't mentally control my prep as well as I would like to. Because yeah. I think I did pretty well in 2019, but I kind of went off the rails towards the end with like the ca- the calorie expenditure and like as i was saying previously with the steps i mean i think there was like a, a two-week period or like a 10-day period where i just kind of went insane and i think that dwindled some body parts down a little bit it definitely yeah. helped me get sharper but i just don't know if it was the best package totally it's yeah. hard to say because hindsight's 2020 right so yeah, I, thought, I thought you looked great that year and i was really happy to see you get that pro card i was rooting for you but uh <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I, I wish you the best and I'm sure you'll have a great pro debut and you'll continue to climb the ranks. Absolutely. And it, it keeps me motivated to see guys like you just have such a kind of relaxed, chill view about it and just be like, oh, you start here and you work your way up, right? It's, it's good for me to, you know, like I, I feel, especially too, when you guys were on, you know, Brian Allstrom's team back in 2016, that was kind of formative for me to kind of just look at some of these top guys like Sam and yourself to, you know, look towards is like physiques I can emulate and just try and like, you know, keep my head on straight and just remember that it's a process and that it takes time and it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And obviously we want, you know, the results quick, but the, the cool thing about, you know, it taking time to get to a certain level is it be, once you reach that level, it's so much more special. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I was saying, it took me seven shows to get my pro card. It, and if it takes somebody else one show to get their pro card, who do you think is going to appreciate it more? You know, I know for myself, it was so special to get because the journey before that, it took so long to get it. And that's how I kind of look at, you know, these last two years too, is every time I do the world championships, I, I up a placing. So 2015, you know, I got... 10, 10th out of 10 in the heavyweight class at the Yorton Cup. And then 2017, I got fourth. So I got that top five. 2019, I got third. You know, this year I 
won the heavyweight class and you know basically a second overall so you know a little bit more each year and if you keep keep at it you'll you'll get there absolutely and then we'll get you back on the podcast 2022 after you win that overall yeah i appreciate that and, and another thing i was gonna gonna say is you know you did your own prep and i i've thought about doing my own prep before but like i'm such an overthinker about everything I'd rather have somebody that I trust, like Peter or Brian, um, just tell me what to do because I'm like a machine. You tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And I think it takes away a lot of the overthinking. Um, but yeah, I was going to recommend if you're looking for somebody to uh, get a hold of for that last putty or prep, I, I always recommend Peter to anybody. Awesome. Yeah. He's, he's really got a host of really impressive athletes, uh, especially oh, yeah. these last few years. He, yeah. He's so, he does, he's, he does such a great, great job with everybody too. Like he's very responsive. Like he, whenever I send him my updates, he replies to me within, you know, a few minutes and you can tell just by his responses, I'll, I'll write him like one sentence <laughs> and he'll send me like a reply like this long every single time. And it's really cool to, you know, have somebody that you feel is, you know, paying attention to you and they're, they're invested in your success. And Peter's definitely one of those guys. Absolutely. All right, man. So we'll say goodbye for now. Uh, for Nandi Muscle Radio, we're out and we'll see you again next week.